Unreal. Uncensored. Unradio. Cliffcentral.com. And it's eight minutes past twelve, and you're with me, Pumima Shilho, on Womanda. What? Girl power or grown up? It's another Wednesday, and it's the end of the month. And you know, nothing makes you feel like your girl panties are on, like end of the month madness. Paying bills, getting paid, looking at those in contacts coming in and out. So, this month end, I've brought my friend, Michelle Dave, who is a financial guru. First of all, I must say, I've never met a woman who's a financial advisor. So, I saw this chick. And I was like, this girl, talking like she knows what she's on about. And I love that because I'm the kind of person that gets their paycheck and spends it. I pay for my car. I pay for my house. I pay for my whatever. And then every month end, I'm worrying about I should be saving more money. Every month end, I'm thinking about I should be more financially savvy. But having grown up in this world where women earn less than women earn less than men. In fact, the only women that earn more than men in their industry are supermodels. And look what they look like, right? I'm not that kind of girl. And so I've been thinking about how do I make my money go further? And I thought I'm going to share that with you. Michelle, welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for me. You know what? Today I think it's a different story for women. And females at this point in their lives seem to understand that money is important. We also have a lot more females who are single. We have a lot more females who need to look after families on their own. And therefore, they are looking at money a little differently. So, yes, I think we all get our paychecks, and I think we all have that urge to go to the red hanger sales and to go and buy more cosmetics. But we need to maybe just take a step back and have a look at what is the reality thereof. So when we were preparing for this show, and I want you to think about this listener at home, when we were preparing for this show, I came across a very interesting statistic. That in our 20s, when we start working, we all earn about the same amount of money. And I remember kind of being in the graduate recruitment programs, you're earning the same amount of money with the guys. But guys progress more in life and at work, and they start earning more money. And by the time we're 35, the statistic that I read said, by the time we're 35, we're earning less than our male counterparts in whatever industry we're in. And we're also saving less. And that's because we have a different relationship with money. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about the kind of relationship that women have with money, Michelle? Sometimes people are scared to look at how are they, as females, going to be able to look after their own retirement. It's called a Cinderella syndrome, where they will rather be interdependent on somebody as opposed to being dependent on their own futures. And I think that's where we can actually assist people to say, think of just paying yourself every month. That money needs to be saved for your financial future, not for anybody else's, for you as an individual. And what is, you know, I'm kind of thinking about myself. Here I am, been working for about 15 years now, and thinking about, I don't save money. I never save money. Um, In fact, there are people who'd say I squander money. (laughs) But it ain't true. (laughs) It ain't true. Those shoes just weren't worth it. Those bags, they were calling my name. But (laughs) when I think about, and and again, I think I'm not the only one here. When it comes to thinking about money, it is always a month-end thing. I don't think about money all the time. But also I think our society has kind of also gone, you know, you think about all women who earn more than men are kind of looked at as like, ooh, money hungry, 
super ambitious, will never get a man kind of girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and on the other side, girls who are willing to spend their man's money are then looked at as harlots. You know, you're Absolutely. looked at as, oh, gold digging bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're allowed to say that on cliffcentral.com. <laughs> but, and, and that, how much of an impact does that have on how we think about money as girls? I think when you're young, you actually don't even think about what the impact will be later on. But we have found so often that people get closer to retirement and they realize that they actually cannot retire financially independent. And then all of a sudden the panic hits and they go, now what the heck do I do? Mm -hmm. So what happens is you have to now spend more on a monthly basis into something like a retirement annuity to actually have that money at the end of of the term that you're going to retire at. And that's where the problem's going to come in because then it's actually too late. Well, if you're listening to us, give us a call. You can call us straight into, into the studio on 0860-555-9189. I always get this wrong. The girls at the back are always looking at me. You can get a hold of us on cliffcentral.com. You can talk to us directly via WeChat. It will come up to my screen. You can get me on my Twitter handle, Twiddle. Twitter handle, Pumemashiko1, or on cliffcentral.com, and we're on Facebook. Give us a call. Tell us about your money issues, your money woes, or tell us about what you're doing to make sure that you don't have either one of those. Give us a call on cliffcentral.com.
So, Michelle, I want us to talk about where to start. If I'm listening to the show and I'm kind of first job, first jobber, where do you start? I was telling you before what I did with my first paycheck. I know people laugh at this all the time. It was like four grand or something ridiculous. And I spent a thousand rand on groceries for my maternal grandmother. I spent another thousand rand on groceries for my paternal grandmother. I took my family out to dinner and I think I just blew the rest of it. That is actually very commendable what you did. It's wonderful. But I think from that first paycheck, because again, I think the first time you own, earn your own money and you walk down the street and you see really nice clothing or really nice shoes or a beautiful bag. I'm a bag person, so that's what I would spend my money on. But the first thing you should be doing is actually doing a budget. Start off with a budget on that first paycheck. I know it sounds so boring and it sounds so awful to have to do that. But that is what conditions you to actually then start saving. They say that with your first paycheck or whenever you get your first paycheck or every paycheck is pay yourself a salary first. Mm -hmm. That salary is really to start saving for your future. And remember, you've got short-term goals. You could be saving to go overseas in five years that you just want to go absolutely anywhere in the world. And that's what you want. But that's what you should do. And you, you know, I mean, when I think about budgets, I don't even know what goes into it. Do not laugh at me. This is kind of 101 <laughs> stuff. It's 101 stuff. Is what what goes into that that budget? You know, you you say, and and I'm sure for you, when you say pay yourself a salary first, it makes absolute sense. But I'm kind of thinking, yeah, that whole paycheck <laughs> is my salary. That's I just get to do with it oh, what I want to do. For me, you know what it is is. Actually, pull a statement after your first paycheck of what has gone out of that pay out of your paycheck. So it's going to be something like your food bills, your petrol. It's going to be your cell phone. It's going to be your DSTV. It's going to be your maybe your phone at home, car repayments, petrol that you're spending to and from work, bank charges. People kind of forget about that. Those bank charges yep. smack you all the time, hey? Smack and you all yeah. the time. I see that and I'm just like, why? Why am I paying my yeah. bank this amount of money? <laughs> First, before I pay anybody else. And plus, you're still giving them the money to keep for you. How? <laughs> so those are really the things that you would do is sit down, take that statement and work it out. What am I paying on a monthly basis? And I can tell you now that over 70% of people overspend so they spend more than what they earn how's that possible? credit look I, 
I remember getting my first credit card too, but that's a story for another day. <laughs> that is a story for another day. But, you know, also the comfort levels. What can one do to become comfortable with the idea of talking about money and saving or spending? Don't be scared. Or not. And also discipline. You can have a look and say, okay, am I going to buy those boots that are going to cost me 750 rand? Or will I rather take 500 rand and put it away into a savings vehicle? That is really what it, be, it comes down to is discipline. And banks are always trying to sell you stuff. Yeah. So they're always saying, come in for financial advice. You can get <laughs> this. You can save on this. I think about this, that ad with that irritating guy, New Gene. <laughs> <laughs> Who's always, and you know, and they're always talking about like savings pockets and this and that. What, tell me about what you do. What does a financial advisor do? Financial advisor really goes in and sits with a person and looks at short-term, medium-term and long-term goals. Your short-term goals are normally a person that wants to save for, say, five years. Your medium-term goals are normally people that want to save money for, say, a child's tertiary education. Your long-term goals would be things like retirement planning. You would also then sit with a person and check whether they would maybe need to have life cover, disability cover, dread disease cover. Also very important, people that travel a lot, accidental death benefit. It's an extremely cheap product to buy. However, it pays out in the event of you dying in a car accident. And what should I be asking a financial advisor. If I've never been to a financial advisor or I've had one, I've, I've sat with a financial advisor before and this has happened to me personally, is you sit with someone and they say, tell me this and this and they ask you all sorts of questions and, and then they go away and come back with a, a two-page document that says you should buy this, you should buy that, you should buy this and I never know what to ask them. You know, ask, they say, do you have any yeah. questions? And I'm like, mm, nope. Ask Everything you can. If you're not sure, ask. If they're telling you to do something, ask them why. Don't take anything for granted and make sure that you become astute and learn through that process. Otherwise, you could be sold something that you really don't need. And what about those people that call you up to sell insurance? (laughs) (laughs) Those people, I get... Kid you not, on average about three, four calls a week. Someone trying to sell me a different type of insurance policy. And then they say then you say, I've got insurance. And they say, Yeah, but are you sufficiently covered? And that sows doubt in my mind at sure. least. It makes me think, hmm, what am I really covered for? Correct. That's why I said to you early on, ask all those questions. Make sure you ask enough questions so that you are comfortable with what you have. So when those people phone you and they want to sell you, oh my goodness, anything, and they say to you, it's only going to cost you 55 rand a month for a 100,000 life cover, you can actually say to them, you know what, I'm actually sufficiently covered. I have 3.5 million at the moment. So thank you very much. And we've also got to understand these guys are just doing a job. And it must be awful to be rejected all the time. So I feel so sorry for them. And I even try and say to them, guys, you know, thank you. I really appreciate you calling me, but I'm okay. So that's why I'm saying you need to know 
through a financial advisor or a broker or whoever it is that does your finances, exactly where you're sitting, they should be able to give you a rundown and a summary of what you are covered for to make you feel comfortable. Because at the end of the day, if you're not comfortable and you don't know what you have, I'm sorry to say this, but then you need to find somebody else to actually assist you. And does does financial advice or, or financial financial astuteness really is it only limited to kind of insurance products and savings? No, I think everybody needs to just be aware of what's going on around them, as far as the country is concerned, as far as what happens when we have a budget speech, what happens when interest rates go up, how does that affect you as an individual, that kind of stuff. So I think it's just, don't you don't have to be a guru with everything. However, try and find out what it is that is going to affect you and your paycheck at the end of the day. Speaking of the budget speech, because that's coming up soon. Okay, but I, do we have to talk about that right now? <laughs> uh, one, you know, other than the fact, so the things that, that always prick my ears is the syntax, right? Um, the extra amount that's going to paying for brandy and whiskey and cigarettes, even if I don't smoke. But I've never thought about what you're saying now, that the budget speech also affects me. What should I be listening out for? Mostly what you need to understand is if there's an interest rate hike, it will affect you because it's going to affect things like your bond. If you're sitting in money market, that's going to decrease so those are the little things to try and understand. And it doesn't mean that you have to know all the ins and outs of what's going on with the tax. And yes, of course, we need to understand that if the taxation is going to go up, it's also going to affect our personal taxes. But it's just an overall understanding of what's going on, but what it's going to affect in me personally for me. And and what what does what are the in in your basket if I'm to say I'm financially astute, what are the things that I should be looking out for in my basket of stuff? Most importantly, if you have a set portfolio with somebody at this point in time, you need to know that that person has to sit with you every six months at least. Six months? Every six months because they need to revisit anything that has changed in those six months. You need to have a look at the funds that you've got. And are those funds performing effectively? And if not, why not? And then, then they can reassess your risk profile to see whether they should actually move you into a different portfolio. And what? Um, how much time should I be spending worrying about what's happening in my finances on a monthly basis? When you're talking about your personal finances mm-hmm. or are you talking about your assurance finances? Both. Both. Assurance, you shouldn't really be worrying about that. Your financial advisor or financial broker should be actually worrying about that. But your personal finances, as long as you can keep within your budget (laughs) and you don't have too many Woolies cards or Shini or Truers or those kinds of cards, that's where it starts getting difficult. I'll tell you a story. A couple of years ago, I just decided I had too many cards And my mom came to me and she said to me, I'll help you destroy them. (laughs) And she started cutting up. But when she got to my Willie's card, I started crying. Because to me, that was like taking away my life. 
Really? <laughs> but it is because you don't realize how much each one starts building up. And then you think at the end of the month, oh, well, I really don't have that much money. But you know what? I've got a Woolies card. So I'll go and buy on my Woolies card. Mm. And that's when people start getting into some really, really hard and difficult situations. And w- <laughs> you, you just mentioned something about assurance. I've always wanted to know the difference between assurance and insurance. I think genetic or generically it's called insurance, just okay. to make it easier. However, assurance is normally your life and your disability type of assurance because they're assuring you a certain amount will be paid in the event of your death. But insurance is normally like your short-term insurance. But I think everybody really just calls it insurance. And where should one start? So I... I was lucky my dad was a an insurance broker so it was it was I didn't have to think about it you know my dad thought about it for me but as, as time goes on I'm kind of also feeling like you know I can't be my dad's daughter forever <laughs> but didn't know where to start what are the if if there are five things that I need to have what are those five things okay Again, it depends on the person's age. It depends on their circumstances. Like with yourself, you would need to have a look at things maybe for your son's education, for tertiary education now because he's six. So that would be an important one. Secondly, retirement planning. He's six. He's only going to go to varsity when he's like <laughs> 19. Do you have any idea how expensive it is <laughs> and how expensive it's going to get? So the sooner you start saving, the less it's going to cost you in the future. Mm. So you can start with anything up from like 200 rand or 250 rand now. But the older they get and the shorter the term to tertiary education, the more expensive it's going to be for you. You can also, I think, I honestly believe that people should start saving for their retirement in their mid to later 20s. Really? Yes. You're going to work for 40 years. But you know what? That 100 rand you're putting away every month is going to be a lot different to somebody who's 45 and has to now start saving for their retirement because mm-hmm. then they're going to have to put away between seven and 9,000 rand a month mm-hmm. just to retire financially independent. So young people, we just we, we come on after Kluby um, and Jade and they have rookies and rock stars. And one of the, the focuses that they have and young people I meet young people all the time and we want to start our own businesses we want to do our own thing we don't want to work for somebody all our lives does that change how we should be thinking about our financial well-being I don't think so because those people are entrepreneurs they want to create something for themselves and I think a lot of entrepreneurs have been very very fortunate to be able to actually build really good businesses and through that even their little businesses can start saving for them for their financial well-being. So I don't think that is necessarily a determining factor. I just think that each person is independently, should be independently um, helped by people and not just left on its own because each person will be different. So you would be different. I would be different. Anybody would be different. And a financial advisor would actually sit down with you and try and determine what the goals are, where you're at. What are the things that are worrying you for the future? And, and are, there, are there generic stuff? Like if I'm in my 20s, 
like Duncan over here in his twenties. <laughs> what are the are the generic stuff that in your twenties you should be worrying about ABC? You know what? The nicest thing for somebody in their twenties would be an endowment product because an endowment product can be kept for a short period of time for five years, and it can also be open ended. So that could be a short term goal. So you may say to yourself that I would like to build up enough money to have a deposit for a townhouse. And that's what you would use that for. But you've also got people that are married at that point in time or that do get married in their later 20s. And then you would look at things like life cover if they bought their first home because they have to protect each other. Mm. So those are the things. I want to talk about, speaking of protecting each other, I want to talk about risk. But first, let's take a break. Just a little bit bigger now Our song on the radio But it don't sound the same When our friends talk about you All it does is just tear me down Cause my heart breaks a little When I hear your name It all just sounds like Take you to every party 
it's you know like being almost pregnant doesn't work. <laughs> so you either have it or you don't have it. And on diagnosis, your claim is put in and you are paid out. That is why it is such a good benefit. And that is why I believe that that is one of the core benefits that any person should have if they can afford it. And one of, you know, you think about insurance and you think about all the money that you're paying into insurance or assurance products. And you're like, what if I never have to claim? What happens to all that money? Is it gone into a hole? That is unfortunate because what we say is life cover. If you don't use it, you lose it. So that is unfortunately like short-term assurance. You might have disability. You might have um, dread disease on your life benefits. If you never use those, it is like short-term. You lose it. Mm. But you still have the life cover portion, which is left for the people when you die, for your beneficiaries. Speaking of short-term benefits, and one of the other things, when I look at my personal budget every month, is I'm looking at car insurance, house insurance, all sorts of kind of little insurances. And I have not personally had an accident claim ever. I have not had any. <laughs> this is a real thing. And every time, it's such a grudge for me. I know. Every time I have to pay it out, I'm like, oh, this is 250 rands I could be spending on myself. Pumi, that is something I think that everybody begrudges, myself included. However... Six weeks ago, we had an armed robbery at my house. Sure. Okay. And they they literally cleaned out my home. I have luckily been able to replace 90% of the stuff because of my short-term insurance. And you know what? It's the first time in 20 years that I have claimed. Oh. <laughs> Do you? And, and have you? I also always feel bad about changing. You know that you always see... Get a quote from Hippo. No, 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 no. Get that. Always and, and you, change. Oh, and I'm always thinking, if I change <sighs> no. my insurance now. Always, always change. And again, you get specialized short-term insurance brokers. And those are people that will actually constantly look for the best benefits for you with the different companies. And that is what you should be doing because your broker should be phoning you and saying to you, Pumi, I've actually got a better quote for you on your current policy. I'll save you X amount of money. I'll give you this little bit more. I'll give you personal indemnity cover for free of charge. You should be doing that constantly. And let's talk about investments. What, what happens to your previous money? Duncan wants to know what happens with your previous money when you're swapping insurances. and you Again, pay. short term, if you don't use it, you lose it. It is cover for <laughs> the inevitable. They say there's only two things that you're very certain of. Death Death and taxes. And taxes. (laughs) Okay. So what we're saying is that even you don't benefit from your death benefit policies. Your beneficiaries do. Short-term insurance is in the event of something happening. Life cover is that that event will eventually happen. And what about, is there stuff that I, and that's what I want to talk about investments, is there stuff that I could be putting my money in that I benefit from? So unlike the death benefit where other people Absolutely. benefit. Absolutely. What are the kinds of things? And and is this also a case of the earlier you start, the better it is? 
No, there's a really, there's, you've got terms that you can work on. You can work on a five-year term. If you want to go into unit trusts, those are a shorter term, more aggressive type of investment. And that really depends on you making sure that you actually do save because those are the kinds of investments that you can actually take out when you need it. But you've also got things like money market. You've got fixed deposits. So some of your banks even give you some really nice savings products. So you have various options that you can go into. And I've just got a message here saying, um, don't just you hate banks, you know, when, when you call them and why you can't use cell phone banking because the problem is then Vodacom, they say Vodacom and whatever, cell phone banking. Is that, is that a better way of saving? Can you save through your cell phone? Well, you can because, I mean, you can actually take a product on your cell phone if you really wanted to a savings product. You can go onto the Internet and actually apply for a product over the Internet. So you don't have to go into your banks. And do you have – this is always my thing. Do you have to have lots of money to need to start? So my first paycheck was 4,000 rand. You know, does – do I start with my 4,000 rands? I mean, 4,000 rands is a little money as it is. You know, can't I wait until I'm earning 10,000 rand to start saving and doing all those wonderful things like budgets? Do you know that I actually told you the story when we met last week and I said to you with my daughter with her pocket money and I said to you, it's never too early to start saving. When Jade got her pocket money from the age of about six, I used to ask her to give me five rand back. The five rand went into a jar and that money, at the end of the year, she could choose a charity where we would take her to. It wasn't a heck of a lot of money, but that gave her the opportunity to learn how to save. So it doesn't matter how much you can put away. It's that you do put it away. Is it like a muscle? Yes. You have to exercise You it. have to. <laughs> and you have to keep on with it. It becomes a habit. Does it get easier? Yes. A simple yes? <laughs> really? Yes. That's not it the does. answer I was hoping no, it gives for me, me. I know you don't want to hear that, but yes, it does get easier. Because when you see the benefit of the savings, that's when you realize that you've done the right thing. So if you are like me, 34 and um, nine months, what, 34 and 11 months old, um, where do you start? If I haven't started yet, if I'm listening to the show and I have not started, I didn't start in my 20s. Unlike Jade, I didn't start when I was six. Where do I start now? You need to look at what your situation is. Retirement is going to be your first one. If you're not on a company pension fund, you need to start looking at your retirement now. Does Cliff Central have a company pension fund? I need to ask that question <laughs> some way. <laughs> I need to ask someone about that. Do we have a pension fund, Gareth? <laughs> do we have a pension fund? <laughs> but, but more importantly, here's, here's something else. You know, you, you never know. It's like getting advice. Everybody's got, if you've got the flu, everybody's got oh, something gosh, to yes. tell you about what you must do with the flu. Financial advice. Where do I go to, to know that I'm getting credible financial advice? Make sure that it is an authorized financial service provider, number one. That is the most important thing. So whether it's a brokerage or whether it's one of the big companies, doesn't really matter. They need to send somebody to you to actually come and sit down with you. And it's not just a five-minute, oh, how are you and how much do you earn? And they need to really do a full financial needs analysis for you to determine, firstly, what your need is, secondly, your affordability on that need, 
and thirdly, that you can actually work towards a plan for financial security. And how do I know that this person, you know, you get calls, you get lots of people calling you, you see ads, you get a flyer, whatever. Where, where do I go to find out if the person is credible, is, okay. if they are an authorized you know, like I know the yes. bank because every time I hear an ad, it says authorized financial services provider. But a person doesn't say that. You know, people call you on the phone and you make an appointment or you get a flyer or, you know. There's a couple of things that you could look out for. The first thing is that if they are with a bigger company or with a brokerage, they need to be registered with the FSP or with the FSP as well as the FSB. So they'll go on the rep register. They need to have completed their regulatory exams which are very important because that gives them that credibility because it means that they've actually studied towards becoming a financial advisor. So those are the kinds of things that you would ask for. They need to be able to give you a permit to say, this is what I can do, this is who I'm with, and you can actually sign that off. So that gives you the ability to check their credibility. And um, if I come across, I mean, there's charlatans out there in the world if you come across somebody and you suspect that they are not the right person, they're not authorized or don't have the right credentials, um, what do I do with that information? Very simply, you can go to the ombudsman, you can go straight to the FSB, and you can actually report these people. I think we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're just going to wrap up on some final quick one-twos that people can start doing this month. First we started out real cool Taking me places I ain't never been But now you're getting comfortable Ain't doing those things you did no more You're slowly making me pay for things Your money should be handling And now you have to use my car Drive it all day and don't fill up the tank And you have the audacity to even come and step to me Ask to hold some money from me Until you get your check next week you trifling, good for nothing type of brother. Silly me, why haven't I found another? A baller, when times get hard, needs someone to help me out. Instead of a scrub like you, who don't know what I'm is about. Like you who don't know what a man's about. Pay the bills, keep paying the telephone. 
We're talking about how to make them, how to keep them. I've got uh, Michelle Dave in the studio, who's a financial advisor, and my personal friend, who's a financial guru. She's helping me get out of, get into my financial life, get into my financial life as I grow older. Michelle, we were, just as we were listening to that song, we're just chatting about what happens if you can't afford it. You know, there's a recession in town. Everybody's always talking about over-indebtedness. You were also talking about sometimes people overspend. What happens when you, you actually, when that financial advisor is sitting there with you trying to do an affordability and you don't afford? Then they don't sell you. It's very simple. If you cannot afford it, don't do it. A financial advisor should sit down with you firstly and establish where your money is going. If they find that you are sitting with a huge amount of debt, they should assist you with a debt consolidation to actually first pay off your debt before you even think about taking out a policy because that's a kind of business that lapses. And it's not because the person doesn't want the business. It's because they cannot afford it. And one of the things, so I don't know about vanilla people, (laughs) (laughs) but I do know about us. Blakes. One of the th- first things that your parents tell you when you start working is you must get a funeral policy. <laughs> it's true. It's because it's traditional. Because it's traditional. Yes. How important is? And most of us young people kind of go, I ain't dying soon. I don't need a. <laughs> <laughs> Just because that's how we are, you know. And 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 so you never get into that habit, and you you just don't start it. How important is that? I think I really do believe that if it is important for you as a person, there are hundreds of products out there. You can be paying anything from 35 Rand up to 350 Rand. It's really what you need. Most companies that when you take out a risk benefit with them will actually put a final expenses benefit onto that risk benefit for you and it costs you Almost nothing. I'm talking about 9 Rand, 12 Rand, 13 Rand for over 50,000 cover. So there are ways of doing it if you want to incorporate it into your risk benefit or if you're going to take it on your own. There are, as I said, the banks will do it. Hollard will do it. One Life Direct, Clientele Life. All of them have brilliant benefits and brilliant products, but it has to suit you. And as a single girl in my 30s with no kids, what are the things that, besides a killer pair of heels, what are the things that I need in my financial suitcase? If you can afford it, get yourself an endowment. Work on that five-year plan. Retirement planning. I'll always harp on retirement planning because, unfortunately, South Africa only has about a 6.3% ratio of people being able to retire financially into independent and i heard that crazy number that you need like 12 years of your annual 12 years of your annual salary or the equivalent thereof yes in your in your plan to be able to retire comfortably what when they say retire comfortably it really means that when you retire are you going to be able to live the lifestyle that you are currently living or not most people would be able to downscale because by that time your home's paid for You've bought the final car, but it really is one of those things that somebody has to sit down and work it with you. So, Michelle, 
this has been very informative definitely to me and thank you for coming on on the show and right, sharing your Tasha. knowledge with us we will be doing this every month end for the foreseeable future of this show because Womanda is all about being girl power or grown up and our big girl panties are definitely linked to how much money we have. <laughs> and before we play out, we're going to do a little Michael Jackson tribute because I'm a big fan and because this is the day he died in 2009. I'm going to leave you with this little quote because I think one of the things that we all love as girls is to be sexy. And this is a Catherine Hepburn quote. And she says, if you're given a choice between money and sex appeal, take the money. As you get older, the money will become your sex appeal. Join us again next week.